Actually, I just felt this in my heart before we get started even. Um, I want everybody to close your eyes. And uh, I just want you to look up. Just picture a, a waterfall just flowing over you. Just picture a waterfall of, of the presence of the Lord, of, of peace. I feel like there's a lot of people in here tonight that you've been struggling with, um, similar to what Tracy said, it's been struggling with having that, that intimacy with the Lord. It's like it's been a battle. There's been distractions. There's been warfare. It's not that your desire hasn't been there. It's just you just haven't been able to get alone with them. Just take this moment and just let the Holy Spirit wash over you. Just take a deep breath. Open your mouth if you want to. It doesn't really matter. No one's looking. Just let him wash over you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for the renewal and refreshing of your spirit. God, you're amazing. We love you. You're so amazing, God. You restore our soul. Father, I just ask you right now to go to the deep places in people's hearts and in their souls, areas of weariness, where there's been heartache, where there's been struggle. I ask you to go deep. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We're just going to stay here for just a second. Um, if you're having a hard time keeping your mind still, right now, in Jesus' name, I rebuke every distraction. Go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, it's kind of hard to come out of that. Um, so, for me, for uh, my introduction to prophecy, um, I, I really didn't want to get in. Uh, the, one of the first prophetic words I had was about prophecy, and I wasn't, uh, wasn't really connecting with it until later. Um, and, and my whole motivation for prophecy is actually not um, prophecy. It was, it was really because I wanted to know that what, when I was alone with the Lord, that what I was hearing was him. And if I want to test that what I'm hearing is him, I need some kind of objective test of knowing, okay, what I just heard was the Lord. And if you go up to a stranger and you think that you hear something, and, you know, if you can get yourself past that fear of approaching a total stranger with something. Um, and I ask, like, say, uh, Sharon, if I saw Sharon in the mall and just had that impression of, um, I feel like you've gone through a heartache recently and whatever it might have been. If I can come over that, that fear line and say the word, that's when I'll know if what I'm hearing is the Lord. It, it's kind of like it was my litmus test for, for the voice of the Lord for my private time. And um, I was training the prophetic a little bit differently. I had a... She won't see this. Um, I, I was mentored by a 88-year-old woman right after I got, had this um, real intense encounter with the Lord and started following the Lord. 
Um, and she definitely came from the, uh, the old school of prophecy, the thus saith the Lord type thing. So I, and, and she did hear the Lord, um, but there were also times where she said things were the Lord that weren't him, uh, which it also taught me how to discern prophetic words for what's him and what's not and, and how to weigh them. Um, so when you, when you start hearing prophetic words, uh, the, when you start receiving prophetic words, one of the more important things that you can, skills that you can have is how to discern what's him and what's not. Um, and when you start giving them, it's important to know how not to give them. Uh, so how not to give them is, uh, and I'm just, if you're, especially if you're starting, because there's been moments where I've had those, the Lord is saying, thus saith the Lord type things. But if you're just starting in the prophetic and you're just learning to hear the Lord, um, who knows what I mean by the prophetic? Everybody know what I mean by the prophetic? Yep. Okay. Anybody not know? It sounds weird. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. Okay. Um, unless you have a real strong impression from the Lord, I would recommend not saying, thus saith the Lord, or God is saying. Uh, and there, there are times where you have that certainty in it. But the problem with doing that is, especially in a church service, in a church that's a little bit different than, than out in public. In, in public, you can get away with a lot more because people will just look at you like you're crazy if you get it wrong. It's true. But if I say, the Lord is saying that in two years you're going to have a baby, and that's not what he's saying, that could have a significant impact on your life, right? Especially in a negative way. I mean, there's a lot of heartache that comes from that kind of stuff. Um, so it's important that, that the way that we package the prophetic words gives people the opportunity to weigh the prophetic word. So especially if you're growing in it and things like that, if you say, I feel like, and this is recommendation, this is not scripture what I'm saying, but this, as we start to move in the prophetic and mature in it, it's a way of, of guarding yourself and, and allowing people to weigh the prophetic words that we give them. So if I say, I feel like the Lord is saying in two years you're going to have a baby, you can say, well, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. He won't set that expectation on it has to happen. Um, or if I also uh, say that you have some kind of, somebody has some kind of sin. If I, you have this or you are struggling um, and they're not struggling, it turns their attention uh, introspective. And I started, well, why am I struggling? Where am I struggling? But if I say, I feel like the Lord is saying that you have this struggle, um, it gives them that opportunity to weigh that word. And sometimes you will get the word right, and people will not connect with it. I mean, there, there was one time where <laughs> this was at a flea market. And I went to this guy, and I'm like, man, I, I feel like, um, I just really feel like you, you do a lot of work with your hands, and I see you leading. Like, I see you managing people. And, and when I said, I, I see you working with your hands, he, he's like, No. Okay, well, I see you leading people and, and like a group of guys and and um, and you're, you're just leading them and and even something um, kind of like a manager. He goes, no. So, OK, well, what do you do? I said, well, I, I work in lawn care. Said, OK, you work in lawn care. Do you do anything with your hands? He said, well, yeah, I guess. He said, and he starts talking, and just as he's talking, he doesn't even realize what he's doing, but he starts sharing what's going on with him. And he said, you know, my dad just left town, and, and he put me in charge until he gets back. And, and I just sat there and just looked at him. I was like, okay, so, 
just to be clear, you work with your hands and you're managing a bunch of guys, right? Oh, it's not that the word was wrong. He just wasn't connecting with it. But I want him to have the opportunity to, to reject what I'm saying. Because the word will go out and it'll accomplish the purpose, even if he doesn't receive it initially. And another way that that, that'll happen is if you get a corrective word. Um, And I I almost always will do this if it's a negative corrective word. Um, Where there was one time in a a prophetic booth, I'm sitting there and and there was a group of us. uh, And I knew that the situation was not going to be one where somebody would want to open up about sin. Um, and I I just posed it as a question. It was a young man, and I felt like he was struggling with pornography, and I felt it pretty strongly, Um, and I also didn't want him to feel exposed, but at the same time, I wanted to be faithful with what I was feeling the Lord was saying, and um, in that moment, I just said, hey, I just feel like you're having this this struggle with pornography, and he goes, no, no, okay. It gives him the opportunity, even though it's a lie, it gives him the opportunity to, to reject the word and not feel like He's exposed himself to a group of strangers, but the word has already gone out. It's, it's already revealed that the Lord knows what's going on. And I'm not saying that from an arrogant position of I know for a fact that, that word was right. But, but, the, but what I'm saying is that it gives him that opportunity to, to protect himself to where if he comes back next time, he, one, if the word was right, he's going to know that what, what's really going on is going to be exposed. And he can have that confidence, but at the same time... Um, we're going to present things in a way where people can weigh the words. <laughs> How not to give words. Uh, commandments. Uh, telling people what to do or abusing the position of, um, I'll, I'll just say prophesier, not prophet, but the person prophesying, abusing that, that position to speak into somebody's life. Because just like, um, just like a pulpit, Having the, the voice into somebody's life, that's a heavy thing. And abusing that for the wrong reasons, um, man, the fear of the Lord just comes on me when I think of that. <laughs> using, using the prophetic to manipulate or, or using a pulpit to, uh, to promote my own agenda, I mean, ugh, it just makes you cringe. And um, I had a, a person <laughs> one time who told me that I was, that the Lord, this was one of those thus saith the Lord type things. And it was a person in in, uh, authority over me said that the Lord had told them that I was supposed to be tithing to them. And I thought, huh, that's funny. He hasn't said anything to me. I think that I would know about it. And scripturally speaking, I know I'm supposed to tithe to the church. Um, And it was somebody that was in financial trouble. And what's interesting is if you get in those kind of moments where somebody, it's kind of like on the street, when somebody's trying to manipulate you out of money and they're telling you some fake story and like, especially as you grow in the prophetic, okay, what they're saying to me right now is a lie. Lord, what am I supposed to do with it? It's still a person in need. Sometimes he will still have you respond to their need, but because you know that there's a manipulation that they're trying to do, it doesn't submit you to it. You're not subject to it if you recognize it, and you're not responding to it, but you're responding to him. And this isn't, uh, this isn't actually how not to give a prophetic word, but it's the other danger when you start prophesying is to draw your identity from your gifting. 
to where people feel like they need to be recognized for their gifting and, and that it builds up their identity and the recognition from people rather than their identity in Christ. We, we find our identity in him, not in the recognition of people. And the reason that can become a problem also is, is especially with, and forgive me, but it seems to be with, with prophets, and the person can be a legitimate prophet. They could be called to the office of prophet. They can have all these accurate words, but if they miss one and, and you challenge the word and say, yeah, I just don't feel like it's the Lord, all of a sudden now I'm not just challenging the word, but they feel like I'm challenging their identity because they've tied their identity to the word and their ability to prophesy. And they feel like if you start to challenge that, now all of a sudden you're not just weighing a prophetic word, which you're commanded to do in 1 Corinthians 14, but now you're saying that they're not the person they say they are by saying that you don't feel like that word was right. What prophecy is? Well, it's a lot of things. It's hearing God for other people primarily. Um, but the heart of prophecy goes back to the, the, the creation, that we're all created in God's image. And you're calling out who God made someone to be. Even if they don't see it themselves, you are calling out, even if, they, if it's not something they've walked in yet, if it feels far, if it's something they don't even recognize about themselves, it's Christ in them. I had this experience one time when I was in Walmart and, and, uh, and just going around praying for people, and, and I had this glimpse, and I, I can't really describe it very well, but the best way I can describe it is as I was walking out, I started seeing all these people, and I could feel how the Lord loved them, it was like just a, a portion of this feeling, and I could see how it was Christ in each of them. And it was, it was almost like God in me, loving God in them, and recognizing God in them, and seeing what they were created for. So we know that prophecy is for exhortation for encouragement and edification. And I really like exhortation. I think it's fun. And a lot of times when you start with simple stuff, at least for me, I'll start with something simple of, I see you are this, you're this kind of person. Um, and here, let me take risk. One of the ways you grow in the prophetic is taking risk. Um, I don't know you. What's your name? Yeah. Aaron, you mind standing up for a second? Just because you're my, you're my example. All right. Um, so I'll start with something simple. Of I just see that you're a man of integrity, and you wear your heart on your sleeve. And, and that sometimes you, you can even feel like you're too emotional and that it can make you feel um, not, not um, this is a little exposing, sorry, um, but no, not as macho sometimes because you feel things real intensely. And, and actually that's the Lord has put a compassionate heart in you. And, and I see you just weeping and weeping and weeping in his presence. And there's times where you, you just see the brokenness on people. And, you, and there's even been times where you haven't known what to do about that brokenness. It's like you can tell that it's there. And, and you just, it moves your heart with compassion. And sometimes that's intercession that's, that's coming upon you. And other times you're meant to go out and just to, to reach out to them, to literally pray for them. 
And I see the Lord building you in boldness, and you, you lead your friends. And there's other people that look up to you that you don't even know that they look up to you. It's like there's, and I don't know if I'm talking about kids right now or what, but they're looking to you as a, a, a role model, as an example. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was any part of it wrong? Um, probably not. My wife would know. Definitely with her, I wear my emotions on my sleeve sometimes. Okay. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, so it started with just something simple of your man of integrity. But it, it went into words of knowledge, and it went into prophecy. And, and what I've found is as you start to, what we like to say, step in the river, you get in the flow, it starts off as just a simple statement, and then it can build, and it can build, and it can build. So it gets to the point where you're no longer receiving revelation, interpreting it, and then giving the application, but you're just saying it. It's just flowing out. We're going to practice that a little bit. Uh, but before we do, I'm going to finish the teaching stuff. Um, the Lord taught me about prophetic allegory. Who knows what prophetic allegory means? One hand, two hands. Okay. So there was a point in time where I was like, Lord, I just want to hear you more. I want to hear you more. And, and not just in the sense of a prophetic word for somebody. Just I want to hear you all the time. I want his voice. Just this craving for his voice. And I started to realize that he was speaking to me more often than I was aware of. And, and one of the ways that he was speaking to me, I, I realized that dream language was actually, it would translate to actual events. That's prophetic allegory. And uh, I have so many stories of this that are rushing through my head. Okay, there was one time where when I started to, to look at this, I, I started to realize, or started to recognize the fleur de lis. I had just started believing that the Lord could speak to me through allegory in everyday things. And everybody know what the fleur de lis is? little flower-shaped New Orleans Saints. And I, I noticed that throughout one day, I must have seen it five, six, seven times. I don't even know how many times. I just, just kept seeing it. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what that means. So I very spiritually Googled it. And the fleur-de-lis means purity. And I had been praying about my motives on some things. And I was like, Lord, is my heart pure? Is my heart pure? Is my heart pure? So when I saw the fleur de lis, I knew he was saying that your heart is pure. That my motive was right. And God, and there was another time where I was like, God, can you speak through anything? And I'm driving in the car. And, and I got the impression he said he could. And uh, I drove past a gas station. And I said, okay, speak to me through that diesel sign. And that's all it said was diesel. And he said, die to yourself. Well, that was fast. And a biblical example of this is Jeremiah 1, 11 through 12. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? He said, I see the branch of an almond tree. I replied, and the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. And what you can miss in that because of our translation is the Hebrew word for watching to see sounds like the word for almond tree. God used a rhyme as a prophetic word. And if you think in your head, that sounds weird. It is. And that's the way that God does stuff. But it's fun. It's part of the adventure of, of learning his language and discovering 
um, all the different ways, how all creation is crying out about the Lord. Okay, I'll give you uh, four. These are my four or five real quick keys for growing in the prophetic. It's just a list. Take risk. You aren't going to know it's the Lord's voice unless you step out and start testing it. If you never test it, you'll never know. It's kind of like having a gift of healing but never praying for a sick person. You won't know you have a gift of healing until you start praying for sick people. Learn the word. The Lord will always, not always, he will usually speak through, through scripture and he'll, um, he'll always agree with it. That's another litmus test for whether a prophetic word is of the Lord. Fasting and prayer. Um, I'm one of those weird people that enjoys fasting. I, I really do. I like it. I like it a lot. I like food, but I like fasting too. Um, but one of the things that I went through with fasting is I, I found myself getting into a religious mindset of um, that I... I wouldn't have said it at the time, but I realized it was it was in my heart was feeling like I deserved more because I fasted more. When really fasting is about lowering yourself, not about getting more. And prayer, what prayer both for asking for the gifts because asking you'll receive, but also praying for other people because in the place of intercession, the Lord will start to reveal things that are going on with people beyond just uh, petitioning on their behalf. And fasting also has to do with the last one of humility. I think everything goes back to humility. Get humble, stay humble. If you get proud, repent. If you're wrong and you get rebuked, repent. Because it's real easy when you start to grow in the gifts to start getting a little bit puffed up. And even though you might not say it, you wouldn't answer the question that way of, hey, are you proud? No, of course not. It can still get in your heart. So it's just that, that staying low and humbling yourself and esteeming others as greater than yourself. All right. Who is ready for practice? One person. Awesome. <laughs> Too bad you're all doing it. No, honestly, if, if um, I don't want anybody to feel too pressured into doing this. I want to encourage you because we can all hear the voice of the Lord and you may all prophesy. And his sheep hear his voice. I want to encourage all of you to participate in this. And what we're going to do is we're going to make a big circle. 